Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Welcome to the Boiling Point, Sean. Oh, there you go. This is Monica Adair, and since you're not returning Stephen's calls, we decided to come on the Boiling Point to introduce you. <laughs> no, we just completed our Boiling Point, and is he live? He is He's live. He's here live. So welcome to the Boiling Point, and I'm introducing Sean Dunbar from Picaroon's Traditional Ales. And one thing I can tell you about Picaroon's is they want to change the world one beer at a time. So I'm going to leave it up to you guys to see what he has to say. So nice to, uh, nice uh, to talk to you, Sean. And be- before we get to that, Monica, and bring Sean in, why don't you finish the quote that you didn't get to say in the last episode? Well, let's save it for myth. We'll save it for myth. We'll okay. So thank you uh, to the Acre who uh, just finished their last uh, episode. And Sean, welcome to the Boiling Point, man. We finally got you on. Who was that woman? That woman is... Who is that woman? Who was that woman? I don't know. It's supposed she... to be dudes. This is, oh, this is a dude-only podcast. So I, I wanted I, 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 want Monica to say uh, that she was me and like see if you actually thought that was my voice. Because maybe contextually, you would have thought that was my phone voice. I don't know. But it, it didn't work out. She said she was Monica. See you guys. So the neat transition here is uh, Monica and Steve from last week's podcast um, are working closely, Dave, as you probably know, with our current guest, Sean Dunmar from Picaroon's Beer, designing their new brewery in Fredericton and also this one here in St. John. So welcome to the Boiling Point, Sean. How are you doing today, man? Good. Who am I speaking to? This, uh, this is Monica Adair. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> just to throw you off, you'll that, no. Hey, this Dave here. Greg was just doing a quick intro, and we are so happy to have you on, man. So, okay, gotcha. what, just right. for the listeners, um, can you give them just a little sense of who you are? We know you well, but uh, we always like to kind of put it back to the to our interviewee to do a quick intro. Uh, I'm uh, Sean Dunbar uh, from Northampton, New Brunswick. I brew, drink, and talk about beer for a living. What oh, an existence. Poor guy. And you are a lucky guy. That's the other thing. And, yes. And the other thing that Sean probably wouldn't, wouldn't say, but other people can say, is Sean is uh, the ultimate champion of other beer makers in this province. So he's really become this uh, mentor or coach, Dave, if you will, of, uh, and encouraging other people to play in the same space, which, again, similar to what we talked about last, last week, it's kind of a New Brunswick thing, isn't it? You know, uh, Sean, let's, let's just launch right into this. Your, your beer, you've been producing beer for a long time in New Brunswick. Craft beer is phenomenal. Um, you've been a massive, massive supporter of the arts. Uh, and now you're really known as a massive supporter of your own competition, essentially. But you don't see it as competition. You see this as an ecosystem. Now, I'm throwing words into your mouth. I'm sorry about that. But, you know, I've talked to you a lot sure, about this. I keep this throwing. Stuff. That way I can keep drinking. Okay. Um, um, and, yeah. Go, go ahead, my man. <laughs> the more words you say, the more I get a chance. Well, to just so you know, we're drinking too. So it's, so we're, we're, we're all on the same field. It's good. The, uh, well, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's about the, like you said, an ecosystem or a sector, right? So you need to try to build uh, a sector is, is really the, the bigger why of what we do. So yeah, you need, we need, we need more people in the industry. We need, need uh, more people making more beer. And the truth is from a business point of view, is this a business show or is this a 
socially conscious. We no, well, no, it's it, it's a it's a it's a, it's a blend of everything. <clears throat> it's a blend it's of everything. Root beer and Pepsi okay. and everyone's all so, together. From a business point of view, is you know you're looking at a at a tremendous uh, worldwide consumer upswing in uh, demand for craft beer, um, indie craft beer, as we're calling it now, since all the mega guys are buying breweries and pretending to be craft breweries again. So for indie craft, the, the consumers are demanding more and more and more, and it's all, all only really a matter of consumers having access to the beer. Of course, we have a monopolized access system out here, so it takes it's takes a little bit longer but eventually the market will grow like crazy and we really you know as much as pickaroons can brew or other people can brew at the moment we don't have enough capacity so we need to build capacity um to to actually meet that demand that's going to be here it's pretty simple um and and you know you guys are uh, like i actually just uh, learned through interviewing um Someone in the industry, uh, Wendy Papalopoulos, uh, whose name I always <laughs> totally mix up. didn't get her name right. <laughs> Wendy Papadopoulos. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, and I kind of just, yeah, I, I messed that up. Sorry, Wendy. Um, but she was describing, um, you know, starting uh, a decade ago, and and you would have been predated her, um, but just the ex- like the massive growth. And she was talking was gone from like from four breweries to twenty nine or something like that now. Is that right, Sean? Well, yeah, um, and that's in brewery numbers, but I mean that's uh, that's still very, very small capacity growth because most of the breweries are very, very small. Okay. Um, so really, the growth hasn't been that. Uh, we certainly haven't matched uh, national growth, for example, in in New Brunswick. Um, you know, we can we can grow more. It's but it's great. It's it's exciting exciting to be here. Um, you know, exciting to go to you know conferences that we went to in 1995 that might have had, you know. North America wide, you know, there might have been, um, I don't know, 500 people there. And now they're like 10,000 Wow! at the national conferences. I mean, we, we started going and, you know, people had the rideshare boards up and anyway, it was all just this real sort of tight knit community of very few brewers, um, back in 1995. And now it's just massive and it's really exciting to, uh, to, to see that happen and explode. But it's still a lot of the the number of breweries. Most of them are very small, and we really got to get some of the small ones into being uh, scaling up a little bit. Now you're you now you guys got a like I mean for me a fascinating story. Pickaroons like um, you know it, it wasn't um, there were a few bumps along the way. Let's just put it that way, right? From kind of oh, yeah. from inception to where you are now, and and that's. I don't know, for me personally, as a, a big consumer of, of your product um, and, and just real support and just, you know, kind of love what you guys are doing, um, part of that, I think I'm connected to the story and the struggle and the challenge um, to get where you are now. Um, you know, can you, sh- I, I mean, I know, and there's a lot, there's a lot that happened. It was quite a journey, but maybe, you know, you can describe some of the highs and the lows on the way to, you know, kind of where you are now. Hmm. Um, let me see. Um, uh, starts out even, uh, just cause we did it as a sort of a, sound like a good thing to do. Um, made a lot of beer. Uh, we're much more, um, uh, busy than we thought we were going to be, uh, expanded, expanded badly, went out of business, um, mostly as a cash flow thing. Uh, and, uh, then sort of started up again, um, swearing never to grow and just to i had envisioned sort of a uh, we have an old farm up in northampton and i actually was going to build a brewery on the farm and you know drive an old truck and walk across from the porch with my coffee in hand every day and brew a little beer and hang out with farmers and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah um and it grew a little bit faster than that um 
so again, consumer demand just keeps driving things. So you keep making more and more beer. So we've, uh, I don't know, we're on our fourth expansion since then, I think. Um, now with this new brewery in Fredericton, we have a new spot in St. John and uh, more in the works. So um, yeah, it's been it, it's been really exciting, really crappy to, to actually expand yourself out of business and then uh, get back in uh, and let it grow pretty much organically um, right now. You know, frankly, we're, we're in a position right now where it just about feels like some days like it did just before we went out of business. <laughs> oh, that must be a good feeling. <laughs> That's really well, interesting. But, yeah. oh, no. it's, all, it's all repeating itself. It's <laughs> no, I, but, I don't think so. I don't think they, so. Well, no, but all the factors are still there. Right. Um, we're, we're a little bit more armed for it right now. But um, the fact that, uh, you know, growth happened for just about every microbrewery, as long as your beer wasn't totally crappy, um, all through the, the 2000s, growth just happened. You know, nobody had to try. It just happened. Uh, you just make as much beer as you can, and it'll sell, and and then buy some more equipment and make some more, and then it just keeps repeating itself over and over again. So it was uh, to be doing things um, in a risky venture and and going out on the limb again feels way way better because it feels a lot more entrepreneurial than than just you know letting the hundreds of dollars roll in every year. Do you think you do you think that you needed to like like you know if you look back. Um, the period, and you, you kind of you you jumped to it pretty quickly, but you've been you've been I think really um, for me uh, um, kind of inspiring in your you know how you just you just you own that whole going out of business thing and shared the story um, and didn't hide from it um, you know and, and there's a really fascinating story there that you know maybe we can jump into but but more importantly do you think you had to go through that to to get to where you are now like was that just part of like what needed to happen, you know, to, to create the lessons, you know, were there lessons you needed to learn? Like, what's your perspective on that? Uh, well, no, I don't, you know, I, I don't, it certainly wasn't part of the strategy. Um, um, <laughs> it, it, it may, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to others. What I do recommend is not being afraid to go so close that it could happen. Right. Uh, and that's kind of the lesson. Um, and as a matter of fact, and I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'm not being critical, I guess, but um, I don't think you're really an entrepreneur unless you're unless you're treading out there on the edge. Do you know what? Thanks uh, a lot, Sean, for saying that because Dave and I just pointed to each other right there a second ago. We're like close to the edge. So this means we're entrepreneurs because <laughs> we're close to the edge all the freaking time. All right. Well, I, I think you're not really doing it right if you're not if you're not going out there. Uh, somehow, and it doesn't have to be financially, but it's it's got to be you got to be out there mm. somehow. That's what entrepreneurs are supposed to do. Um, the people that come behind us and open businesses that are stable because they've seen the, they've learned all those lessons and they've heard the other people talk and they've you know had a chance to observe the the uh, what we call pioneers or whatever the heck we are. That's really old, but. Um, you know, those people that come are, are, are sort of businesses and they're, yes, they're taking their own sets of chances and those sorts of things. And some do turn into entrepreneurs, but some of them are, are what I would call more, more sort of business type. You need, you need to foster people who aren't afraid to go over the edge. And it's a pretty thin edge and mm-hmm. it's slippery and covered with ice and oil and all kinds of stuff. But you really need to develop a, a, a cluster of people that, that, well, I won't say not afraid, <laughs> but have either courage. stupidly, stupidly or bravely, mm-hmm. <laughs> one or the other. Stupid well, I, or great, too. I, th- I think it, it, it's in both those cases. And it, right now, you're, you're filling me with images of me in my teens. Now, 
in my teens, believe it or not, I wasn't a consumer of beer, et cetera. My friends and I were, were more adventure junkies. We are, you know, other friends were out drinking in the backwoods and stuff. We weren't. But we were doing things like going under the Reversing Falls Bridge and hanging off of cables and pipes. You yeah. know, one quick slip, we're dead. And we jump off massive cliffs, don't know how deep the water is. We did dumb things. But the thrill of getting that close to the edge... And trust me, ever since I had kids, I stopped doing that stuff. But it's, it, it, I wonder how many entrepreneurs have that type of childhood. Total, total yeah, diversion I, I, of conversation. I don't know. But. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because it's the opposite for me. Maybe you, maybe you have to like park some of that stuff or it gets pent up or something. Um, you know, I, I, I barely drive over the, the speed limit. Um, you know, I like my life neat and orderly and tidy and all that sort of thing. Um, but when it comes to doing my job as, as a, an entrepreneurial sort of business driver in New Brunswick. And, you know, I settled in that that's my job. Um, for some reason, this is, I'm one of those people that are supposed to be, this is, this is my role in life is to do these things, push envelopes in some ways, but you know, it, so, so maybe it's just my non-reckless side, you know, just dying to get out. So I, I choose to so. do it by challenging authority and, and uh, convention on on beer making. I don't know, but well, and, 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 uh, I, I think it's an an essential part of of um, I don't know of, of building that whole ecosystem. Is you need some you need some stable people. You need some some people who really don't have the knowledge and are just will just just go out there blindly because you really need those sorts of leaders as well. And then you need the sort of risk takers as well. And uh, it all comes together to 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 blend together. And you can't complain. When if you're the risk taker, the guy up front, you, you can't really complain when other people come behind you. That's your role. That's your job. You're supposed to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I talk, talk to playwrights and I have a, a very uh, dear nephew who's a, who's a fine playwright. And, you know, uh, we talk about the role of a playwright in, in the world. I was like, man, you got to experience pain and then show the rest of us what it's like. like <laughs> sorry, that's your role. Um, you know, you have to explain the world to the rest of us. And sometimes you have to go through that kind of thing. Right. And I, I feel some days on the entrepreneurial side, like that's, that's, that's part of the, the entrepreneurial or the business ecosystem is if we don't have these people, um, you know, it, the, the new ideas aren't going to come out. The different things aren't going to happen. On the other hand, if we don't have the nice, stable, relaxed, you know, the people that, you know, measure everything, those people, um, you know, the, the, all of us, um, people out front are, are going to fail eventually we'll if we don't get the this bridge. sort of solid part back there. Right. So it's, it's all sort of understanding your role and, uh, and be willing to play it. Well, and you know, that's a, that's a, like a really important point about this, you know, and maybe embracing that role, right? It, like kind of getting that, that understanding, embracing it and feeling okay. Maybe that's, yeah. you know, becoming the new normal almost, right? Um, so a couple things, um, a story that, that uh, was told to us about you um, that you, I guarantee, would not share, and not not because you wouldn't. It's a bad story, but because uh, you'd strike me as a humble guy. But it was a great story that Wendy shared um, when we were talking about, you know, kind of how collaborative your industry is. And she gave us like, and we were saying, well, give us an example and just how you support each other. She said, well, I'll tell you a story about Sean, and and it was a story about. Um, you know they were they were getting their finally getting their beer out of the out of uh, you know their their place and into the the MB liquor the growler program. Yep. And yep. they had this batch going in. They're waiting for these kegs to show up and from Texas or something crazy like that. And they never show it up. And when they were supposed to, and I mean this puts everything on haul. 
salt and they got all this stuff to get out and they'd have no way to get out. And she puts a call through to you and, and you just said, yeah, go, go by and grab whatever 20 kegs. And, and it's just a wonderful story about, um, you know, collaboration and, well, um, and well, so well, yeah, but how do you not do that? Well, some people, you know what? In, in, in other in other industries, you'd be surprised. I mean, people would say, "Geez, why am I going to help that person be successful?" I mean, I agree with you, Sean. To be honest with you, personally, but you know, thankfully, there are people like you doing that. So, but for you, so that's really cool because you don't even see there's no alternative for you, right? Um, no. Some people would say, well, what do I do? Well, what's the right thing to do? What's the pro-social thing to do? They'll make a decision. And then there's people like yourself, and I, I'd say to Greg, strikes me as someone like that as well, where it's like, there's no choice. This is what you do. Um, so, but I, I just love the story, because that just, I mean, for our listeners, that'll give you a sense of, you know, what a pioneer in an industry does. Um, well, yeah, I, I mean, but, and the, the longer term of that is that, that um, I, I don't know, sort of being up front is... Uh, I don't know. It was a fortunate position, right? So the um, you get to sort of look ahead and, and see these things, and and you you figure out. Well, you know what? I have a chance to to craft a sector, um, you know, and, and do it the right way and guide it the right way. So you want to show examples for people, and you know, my only ask on all those things is to pay it forward, and it's it happens all the time. And other brewers now, you know, tell me when I meet them, I say, you know what? I had a chance to do last week. I had a chance to help somebody else. And I did it. So there you go. You know, debt repaid to you, pal. <laughs> um, it's, uh, but if we, if we can set up an industry like a uh, sector like this and, and on the long term, you know, I'm, I'm trying to show other people in the, in the province of New Brunswick how this happens. And this isn't just us. This is a North American thing. We're lucky in New Brunswick. We are on the, the northeast corner of North America and all the trends seem to come from west and move east and then from south and move north. Um, so I can see all this stuff being done in other places. It's just the way it happens. Um, but if we can show an example and, and saying, look, if people are sitting there going, what's with all these friggin' craft breweries? How is that happening? And if one of the factors we can say is, hey, look, we have a cooperative, collaborative um, approach to, to building our sector altogether. Um, and what if other people go, ah, maybe that's something that sets them apart. Maybe that's a part of the success that we haven't thought about. So let's try that in our sector too. I mean, it, it makes sense to me. Now, I don't know if the logging companies are going to start lending each other bulldozers or, you know, feeding mills to each or logs to each other's mills if one of them short. <laughs> well, but, I, yeah. um, but wouldn't it be wonderful if, if that's the way it happened, if the success of everybody was really the goal? Well, the, it, it's interesting, too. And I, I think I know what the answer is here, Sean. Uh, you can validate it for me. You said it right a second ago when you said all the big boys are – you know, kind of making these, you know, they're buying small craft breweries and they're calling that craft brew. Now, the consumer sees through that. It, it still might be really good beer, like craft brew, but like they're, the consumer wants to support the little guy, right? And yeah. what's happening is if a brewery gets too big, there's nothing wrong with that. They're just going to lose that precious uh, community that, brewers like you want to serve um so your industry it's not the, the, the idea of growing quicker and faster and the greed side by nature doesn't work with the audience base and the and the the customer base that you're that you're nurturing and that has built you i don't know if that's if that's accurate or not but that's the way i see it yeah and i think you have to go with the customers i mean big isn't necessarily a bad thing there can be really really good big um, you know, beer companies. Um, Sam Adams in the U.S. is still, 
you know, it's the fourth biggest or third biggest now probably brewer in the U.S. Huge company. Um, but man, somehow still the heart of a craft brewer. Huh. I, I mean, it, it, the, the beer still counts for most everything. Um, you know, those guys still invest. Uh, they have a fund set up, so they they actually have a fund created to to help start up breweries. Oh, see, I um, love that. That's so you good. know, the, those sorts of things happen. We have people like Sierra Nevada in the U.S. You know, building a brewery in in Europe and building a brewery on the East Coast. Um, you know, you have New Belgium selling you know crap loads of beer because the consumers keep demanding it. And no one would ever accuse them of being a lesser or not as good um, company because of it. For but, sure. but you know what's happening there is these companies that are scaling, uh, and this is going to be a great bridge into the whole B Corp thing, these ones are bringing more value than just building a brewery to make money. So you think about New Belgium, and all, all the breweries just listed are, are great companies outside of the product. But New Belgium, Bose Brewery, Picaroons, there's a number of B Corp breweries that are coming out that you could scale to a large level. And just because your values are as, as clear as the taste of your beer, that is, that, that's a sticky point. That's going to stay with you and help you when you scale. And, yeah, I, yeah, and why don't we throw it that way? Like, let's talk about, forget about the collaboration in New Brunswick. Let's talk about the collaboration internationally that you've found your brewery in connecting with the other uh, B Corp breweries. Uh, yeah, I mean, breweries love to brewers love to connect with brewers. Um, I mean, we just were we're a bit of a special breed for the most part. Um, so you throw brewers in the room, and and they're going to drink beer and talk about beer, and ten minutes later they're going to come up with an idea for beer. I mean, that's just the way it it happens. Um, so really neat to uh, have fellow B Corp breweries to learn from, especially somebody like New Belgium. My God, if, you know, if we had the money to actually put into effect all the things that we can learn from them. But, um, I mean, it's just, it, it's so much about the company, about the, how they treat their own people, how they treat their product, how they keep, treat their customers. Um, you know, what, what to find kindred spirits, <laughs> you know, of, of whoever different why, to, to mm-hmm. why they're they're doing and working so hard and doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, it's just it's just absolutely fantastic. Um, and you know, it's not like there's a close you know buddy buddy relationship, but there's a willingness to share back and forth. Um, you know, completely for the most part, you can't think of enough things to ask people for, right? You, you just there's only so many things you can ask. But anything you asked for, you know, help was just sort of given, and especially across um, B Corp breweries. I mean, we've done a, a collaboration beer with uh, with Bose and a couple other B Corps. Um, we'll probably end up bringing them down to uh, St. John to do some collaborations as well. And do it's you, just a do you, do you it's just that, so much to learn. Do you think cool. that uh, Steve Beauchene looks identical to me and, like, that we could be brothers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, everybody everybody who's met him uh, said, are you related to Greg Hemmings or Seth Rogen? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's a kindred spirit of yours for sure, Greg. Yeah, yeah, um, we've met, we've hung, we've hung out. Yeah, great fella. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's uh, we we sometimes jokingly call ourselves sort of uh, the spiritual advisors of the company, right? It's uh, the the companies grow and grow and grow, <laughs> and you, you get more people, and you get bigger, and you get more customers, and you get more markets. But um, you know, the the really cool part is to hold it all together at the base and and keep true to what the company stands for. Um, and it's not, it's not easy. It's a, it's a big job being spiritual advisor. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, Steve, Steve carries that off um, completely well. He's completely genuine and he, he doesn't fake it at all. And those are the kinds of people you run into and you go, oh, shit, you know, you, 
it challenges you to be, you know, as good as or better. I mean, to, to find role models within your own sector is is, is just amazing. Well, Sean, you are, um, I think I would fair to say you'd be a role model for both of us uh, in and, this and, province. And, and a lot of you are inside our, our, our DNA because we drink a lot of you. <laughs> and, I'm not sure that permeates DNA, but yeah. I was never big in biology <laughs> or chemistry. We can, we'll check in on that and get back to you. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're at the tail end and there's so much more to talk about. Um, uh, but just to give you a sense of, I'm just reading an email you just sent to us moments before we called you um, to give a, a sense of, of uh, Sean's great spirit. He's like, fellas, what is up with the podcast? He was wondering when we were calling him. What do I have to do? Can it? Can uh, can I do it slightly drunk, uh, lightly clothed? It it is audio, isn't it? <laughs> Let me know when the call happened. Cheers, Sean. We called him moments later, but um, but I just love that you just you know you just brought it and you just showed up and you said sure and 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 thank you so much. And, and, and he actually knew that you and I actually aren't wearing any clothes right now, too, and we're drinking beer. So um, I, I suspect you suspect. Yeah. Well, that yeah, it's not doesn't yeah. You don't have to be brilliant to figure that one out, eh, Sean? Hey, um, how do people learn more that haven't been lucky enough to been exposed to to you and your and Picaroons? Um, how do they? What would you suggest they do um, to learn more? Uh, start by drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, that's that's number the one. Basic what we do. All that we live for and all that we do is uh, is found best in our beer. Um, and and start with that, and uh, and then talk to other people um, about. Not us, but yourselves, and by doing having a beer and talking to other people and uh, talking about things, you will find out what Pickerins is all about. I love it. Change, Sean, changing the world so one much, beer man. at a time. And just so you know, I'll be taking the kids uh, and my wife up to Folly Fest on Sunday, which I believe you guys are a big uh, a big supporter of. Uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, music incubation there. The Folly guys have taken over. We have very little to do except pour beer now. So, well, uh, I, I think maybe you and I can do some fire hula hooping together perhaps on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> please. All right. <laughs> See you later, Sean. See you, brother. Thanks so much, Sean. <laughs> See you, buddy. Boys. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh my gosh, I love that guy. He's I love his best. beer. I, I love the brand that he's built. And have you seen how many people on a daily basis oh over at Picaroons here yeah. in St. John? Well, and, you know, meeting place, like, and you just know? to give listeners some, some, um, some context, I mean, literally they had, I mean, they got this place now in St. John, but they, they, you know, they were based in Fredericton for the longest while. And um, I would literally bring growlers when I know we're going to Fredericton to make a stop at the Picaroon store to get my growlers filled mm. with this just, they have the greatest beer. And and um, the, the I remember once walking into the, the liquor store, the big, you know, the big cooler, and the whole Picaroon section was depleted. Yeah. And I, you know, and I took a picture and said, what's up, guys? And I tweeted out and they were right on it. We don't know what's going on. Awesome. You know, it was a special day. It was a hot day or whatever. But that doesn't very, I mean, they're just, it's so well run. But, the, you know, a testament, I think, you know, to how... Sean is the kind of spiritual advisor, just how he described, you know, to learn more about pickaroons, right? Totally. And that's it. so he's kind of like, and it's just, and, and, but that, and that is, that is authentic. You know, that is the real, that's the real deal. So what a, what an honor. And he's a, he is a real inspiration for me, you know, as I listen to what he's doing and, and knowing a little of the backstory and actually mm. a lot of the backstory, yeah. um, man, though it is today, uh, it did not just happen. I mean, it took a lot of uh, a lot of courage and a lot of drive. So um, what a great guy. And spiritual advisor. I like the idea of that as a CEO. And one real last thing, cool to note that our last guests, Monica and Steve from The Acre, uh, designed exactly. the, the breweries. The, and the, the very successful meeting place across the street from Hemming's House, right. the new Pickerons General Store. It's that's where people meet. It's yeah. a new community hangout. We'll see you next week. See you, buddy. Okay. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. 
Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.